welcome to the So She Is podcast. I am your host, Katie Grimes, and this podcast is your one-stop shop for all things manifestation, neuroscience, spiritual evolution, healing, and living in alignment with the highest truth of who you actually are. I know that you pushing play today is no accident, and I am so grateful for you being here. So with that said, let's get this party started. Hello, welcome back to So She Is. It is Katie Grimes here, and I am so grateful for you pushing play today. I hope you are having a great day, great afternoon, whatever time it is. I hope it's a great one. I spent the day recording this podcast and doing some busy work, and then I walked on the beach, the dog beach, with my dog and Callie, and my dog came into this new year with his own new energy, I guess, because he normally gets anxious around other dogs. And at the dog beach, he's pretty comfortable, but he just keeps to himself. But not today, folks. Today, he was Mr. Social Butterfly. He said he's leaving that old (laughs) behavior in the past and he's moving forward with his life. And so I hope everybody can be inspired by my little Brooksy boy. And Even if you get a little social anxiety, I hope you can take on this day full speed ahead like he did. It was so cute to see. Um, Anyways, today's episode is a Q&A and it is a fun one. So we put those question boxes up on our stories and we had some submissions in and I really like the Q&A style because it allows us to give a, a spread of topics to talk about in one episode and we both have our own opinions and own takes on things or maybe the way we say something will resonate more one way than it will another so we collabed our questions and we both answered them so if you hear yours today great if you don't hear yours today then check it out maybe the next time we do a Q&A we're thinking about doing one once a month and so if you don't hear it today it might be then and if not just submit it the next time that we do a question box and we will be sure to get to you i am so excited for where so we are is going and we've been talking to some brands about some partnerships and i just am so excited we have a disco this sunday on february 5th and this disco we are having a deal going that is a buy two tickets get one free so the tickets are thirty dollars by the time this podcast is out and so two tickets is 60 but if you buy two you get one for free and so it's a great way to grab a friend or grab someone that maybe doesn't want to go and then it's like it's free come so i would absolutely love to see you guys there and dance with you there it is truly so magical and the people who show up are absolutely incredible and I just freaking love it and I love the people and I can't wait for you guys to meet them if you're looking for friends there has been literal dating relationships formed from these events and so come check it out come be brave just like Brooksy today at the dog beach come be brave and come dance with us um, at 4 p.m this Sunday or any of the upcoming Sundays I'm so excited. So without further ado, here is the episode. Hey, Katie. Nice Good finding mor- you here. Good morning. I slept so good last night, but like had the craziest dreams. And I honestly thought like 
Curly's alarm was going off or someone in my dreams alarm was going off. And I was like, wow, just like turn that alarm off. And it was literally my alarm. Like that's how deep I was in it that I thought someone's alarm in my dream was going off. And then I went to like hit Curly, like to turn hers off and she was gone already. And I was like, oh my God, it's Oh me. damn, that's a trip. Hi. Um, <laughs> anyways, I've definitely done that before where like, it like turns into a beat in your dream. You're like jamming oh, yeah. to it. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> yeah. the... so we put some Q and a boxes on both our stories and we're going to just kind of go through them, keep it conversational. And yeah, Callie, you want to go first? Yes, I'll go first. Okay. So I have my little listy. Um, okay. <clears throat> Okay, we'll start with this. We'll start light because some of them are a little more um, dig deepers. So this one is like more a little more light. Okay, so this says, um, this is so random, but I love your videos and I want to make some myself, but I'm nervous about looking stupid or seeming cringy. Can you give me any tips? I don't use start that one off, mm. Katie. Okay. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> I feel like everything is a little bit cringe if you look at it too long. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but like anything could literally be cringe. And I am sure like, I'm sure Callie, you have felt cringe endlessly, but like you kept posting and now you have this question. Like now someone's saying they love it, but they want to do it, but they're scared of cringe. Like they wouldn't even know (laughs) you if you were afraid of the cringe. And truthfully, I have said this before and I'll say it again. I feel like like all the parts that are cringe are just like parts you haven't accepted about yourself. And it's like more, if you're familiar with like shadow, your shadow side is typically what you cringe at. And so I feel like embracing the cringe is the only way through, like the only way out is through like, and the more you post, I can say this for myself, the more you just like show up, especially if it's authentic to yourself, if you're not being authentic to yourself, it's always going to feel funky. But the more you show up as yourself, the more like you realize like, um, what's the word? Like, it's not all about you. Like people don't really care. Um, mm-hmm. and if they're talking about you, you'll never really know. And if it gets back to you, like, then they well. were like <laughs> meant for you, you know what I like? And so it's, I think it's just like, um, a muscle you have to build is posting. Yeah. Um, and then once that muscle's kind of built, it's a lot easier, but I will say I actually have this, if I still had Snapchat, I would show you, but about a year ago, probably I, um, I started a little journey on my Snapchat, like saved memories. And I would record myself talking and like, hi, I'm so nervous to record myself talking right now. So this is me practicing. And then I would keep making videos on my Snapchat and just save them. So I could remember, cause I knew eventually it'd be easy. And eventually I'd start posting, but I literally would practice on Snapchat saying, I'm so nervous to like talk to a camera. I feel so unqualified for this, but this is me practicing. And then I'd save it. And so it's literally, you might start just making videos and not posting them. And then eventually one day you literally will realize no one cares, including yourself. What would your advice be? That was good. That was really like, um, like philosophical. I like it. Okay. So mine would be like, I think there, I th- I agree with you that if you look at anything for too long, it's going to look cringy, like anything where I think if you're, 
if you're being critical, I think anyone who's trying in any way for anything looks cringy. Like if you're just trying, like if you're like trying to get good at a sport or you're like trying to market um, potatoes or you're like trying to do anything, you're like subjecting yourself to people that could be like, oh, like look at them trying so hard. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm trying hard. That's like exactly Mm -hmm. what I'm doing. So, yeah, I think there's like just an element of like anytime you produce anything, you're subjecting yourself to criticism from people, including yourself. But in the grand scheme of things, like from my experience of creating like so much content and putting it out there, I could tell you right now, like all the mean things people have said about me, but they would also all fit on like my two hands. And like, that's pretty good statistics for like the amount of content I've created so people are generally for the most part pretty um supportive and you know if someone doesn't like what you're making normally they'll just scroll um but yeah and I think when it comes to actual the practical part of it of like creating content I think what you said was a great idea like just making video like getting like uh exercising the muscle of just making videos that you won't post and then what helps me is like pretending that someone I love is behind the camera like I'll just pretend like I'm talking to Oliver um and that helps me not be like hey it's Callie here uh today we're gonna you know it's like more natural and it feels more like trustworthy um and then one last thing I was gonna say oh yeah I have had someone comment on a video they actually like tagged this was devastating I actually want to share this story because I went through a rough year last year and I wasn't for a while I wasn't creating content because I just like didn't have it in me and then once I kind of like went through the thick thickest of it and I started feeling a little more like stable and creative I like started having all these ideas and one of them was this video that was like what was it it was like something pipeline like people pleaser to villain pipeline do you remember that yeah and it was like a skit type of video and those had normally performed really well before and I was like oh my gosh like I want to make this video I have this idea that shows like the progression of like how we go from like people pleaser to villain or like you know having boundaries and I like made it and I was so happy with it and I was like I like tried really hard because I had been in this like just extinguished phase for a while and I think you could tell I was trying really hard in it which is fine there's nothing wrong with that um but when I posted it someone tagged this uh account that posts like cringy stuff like, mm. it was I think those are so mean like those I mean that's like I think that people that um have accounts like that like you're truly just like the lowest of the low like if you're gonna just and I kind of feel that way about like YouTubers who just like bash other people too. It's like, you're not creating anything original yourself. You're not putting yourself out there. You're just like shitting on stuff other people have created. Um, and yeah, that was like really hurtful. Mm-hmm. It was hurtful because it was like, it was something that I like really created from my heart. And um, I think I did end up like archiving it or something, but I, like, I will just say like that is a risk when you create anything that people will say, especially on Instagram. People are mean. Oh, people are way meaner on Instagram. 
they're so much meaner. But I would also say, like, first of all, anyone who is trying to bring you down uh, is below you. Like, obviously, they feel threatened by your existence, so they need to pull you back down so you don't, like, get too far out of their comfort zone. It has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. And I was just thinking while we were talking, like, people will be mad at anything. Like, that's what I've learned. Like, someone on TikTok, like, literally, it was the cutest video of Curly's reaction. And then... The girl's like, sweet video, but actually, I don't think your hair was ever naturally bleach blonde. I think you dyed it. And this is all a lie. And I was like, first of all, I never claimed to have natural blonde hair. Second of all, yeah, it is a sweet video. Why don't we stop there? Like people, if they want to be mad, they're going to be mad. And it's so fun to see the like the extremes because it's like, oh, like this has nothing to do with me, lady. Like you're probably lonely and miserable. <laughs> like, and no one's ever noticed your hair. Like, you know, like, well, I think it's something when people comment, they go out of their way to comment. I think they genuinely get triggered. I know for myself, if I'm commenting on a video, like, well, blah, 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 blah. Like something about that video has like touched something inside of me. That's like super activated now. Cause otherwise if I see something and I go, mm, that's dumb. I just scroll, you know? know. Yeah. So like, I guess, I don't know if you're creating any kind of art you create or anything you say, anything that is created in the world will probably be polarizing. And um, that's just the reality of it. Right. I mean, the fact moral that that video. Is, huh? Like, yeah. Moral of this question is you do you and fuck the haters, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you, the, like, none of them are going to get rich and famous off of co- being a troll. Like, but if that's your goal, like you keep posting essentially, like at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Let's move on to the next question. So someone asked me, I have been on a, uh, I have been on a healing journey and I feel unaligned and left out in my friendship groups. What do I do? I'll let you go first. Oh gosh. Oh, Oh, yeah, that can happen. I have definitely experienced that firsthand. Um, oh, it's so shitty. I like it's just shitty when that happens. Um, because the thing is, like, what I've noticed, especially in this last year, has been like radical. Everything got burned down, and so it was like very accelerated. Whatever happened last year, so. What I've noticed with myself is that when you are going through something or you are like healing something, especially if you're healing like core relationships, like if you are doing any kind of like therapy or trauma work with relationships with your mom and dad, those are like relationships that set the tone for everything in your life. And you might notice like your other relationships start to feel like not as like healthy or something. That's what happened with me. Um, And what I've noticed for my own self is that some of those relationships naturally implode or collapse into themselves, either through just natural distance, um, through a confrontation that happens of like the person saying, well, you're different now. And it's like, I can't really say anything otherwise. Like, yeah, I'm different. And if that doesn't work for you, then that doesn't work for us, you know? Um, Or or sometimes the people grow with you or they just accept you for, I don't want to say grow with you. Cause I feel like, um, I don't know, that term doesn't really sit well with me, but I feel like 
they will accept you. There's certain people that just accept you. I've had plenty of people that through this last year, I've like set new boundaries or I've done things differently or I've been more true to myself in a way that they're not familiar with and they just accept me. So mm-hmm. it kind of, to me, like it comes down to that of like some of those relationships will fall away and some of them persevere. What right. do you think? I think, um, I think every single relationship that comes into your life is for a purpose in a season. Now, the hard part about that is that some of those seasons end and especially like if it's childhood friends or things of that nature where you're outgrowing them, I feel like those either fade out or, or maybe they go away and they come back. Like those are like those like really hard ones to let go. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that friendships are really hard because people don't talk about it because it's not your family. So it's not like this, like forced engagement. Um, you're not sleeping with them. So it's not like we're not sharing a bed. We don't have to like work through things. We can choose to not communicate or communicate. Um, and I think that's what makes it really hard because sometimes there's like blurry lines that like, or just like a vibe that feels like really off. I know I personally have experienced that and it feels really weird, but like also at the same time, it's like, okay, like, I don't know. Um, and when I've had to like talk through this certain scenarios, it's like just realizing that like how people are showing up for you or being, or I'm smiling because I'm like, or posting, um, that's their face value. That's their face card. They're showing you exactly what you need to see. You don't need to read any deeper. You don't need to make it mean anything gnarly. But like, if people are consistently like leaving you out or not being in aligned with like what you feel is like good to you, trust that that's what they're sh- like. That's the face value. Um, it doesn't have to mean anything more about you or anything horrible about them, we can just take it. And instead of being mad or like, I got to forgive them or all these things. Like, what if we could just like accept them? Like if we could just accept that that is their face card and we can do what we want with the information given, but we can't expect more or less, you know what I mean? And so I think that's the tricky part about friendship. Um, And then I think also it's like, okay, if this is like a new thing that's coming up and you're like, I really want to try to like make this better. I think totally try. But if it's something that like consistently keeps happening and you're like, you know what? I think it'd be more work to try to fix it only to have to fix it again in a few months. Then maybe it's just like, let it, let it like a feather, like let the feather go. If the feather comes back in another season of life, then it's meant to be there. But that's really easy to say. It's really, really painful because again, of this like murky water of like, that friendships are just like so deep, but they don't necessarily owe you anything in a sense of like, you can, it could be avoided. All the hard conversations can be avoided. So if they are worth the hard, I'm a big hard conversation person, but like, I'm also big on like, you know what? this keeps happening. I keep being left out. I keep being feeling like this is unaligned. I keep having my feelings hurt. It's not worth trying to fix mm-hmm. in that sense. And so again, I feel like with friendship, it is like fight for it. If it's worth it, if it feels like the same pattern happening over and over again, I'd say spread your wings and just see like 
Who else is out there? Who's your next season of life support system? Because just like you, you have been like my biggest supporter in this season of life, but I didn't know you a year ago today. Like, (laughs) yeah, I know that's crazy. I want to add one last thing to that too. That kind of went off of something you said at the beginning, which like I am wrapping my head around now in the last few weeks that like not every friend is a lifelong friend. And I know like it's like, duh, but then it's even like childhood friends or like whatever, like we have this like concept of BFF and but it's like I have so many friends that we've just like drifted apart or like whatever. And I think that's so natural it's like so natural. And I've also had friends that I've drifted away from and then come back to years later. And it's like wonderful. So I don't know. I think there's like this um, fluidity that's really natural in friendships that we kind of grasp onto a little longer than we're supposed to. I totally agree. All right. What was your next question? Next question. Let's see. Okay, number two. Okay, this one's the the bomb. The bomb question. That's just like... It says, what do you think is the best way to heal a major trauma? (laughs) I mean... (laughs) I'm not laughing at the, uh, the person who asked that. It's just, oh my gosh, there's just so many ways. So I don't think either of us are like qualified to answer that because I don't even think a licensed professional is qualified to answer that. I feel like the only one that could answer that is the person that asked this question because there's so many modalities out there Mm -hmm. and there's so many people who think they have the answer to that. And well, what would you recommend if it was like your friend asking you and it was like, Katie, I really need to like get some help. What do you recommend personally? Hmm. Cause like, yeah, we're not licensed for like take this, whatever we say. Right. But even like, I feel like you're the one that knows. Um, but if someone was looking to start in the new direction, I would definitely say finding someone to talk to like in a therapist standpoint. Um, I like internal family system therapists or EMDR. It really kind of depends on the trauma too. Um, of course, I will shamelessly plug myself that any form of movement therapy and therapy, like think of that as like aromatherapy. Like I'm not saying like a therapist, I'm saying like sometimes the word therapy is weird. So I like, remember there's things like aromatherapy, um, like movement therapy, like So We Are Silent Disco is a fantastic way to reconnect to the body. Cause a lot of times in trauma, we branch off, we break away um, and separate the mind body spirit connection we separate all three of those and I feel like movement is a way to at least get the body back um the body and spirit back together and then yeah I mean there's so many things out there I probably wouldn't suggest going to a psychic or anyone of that nature or a mystic oh my gosh I really suggest if you are actually healing from major trauma this is my personal opinion from my experience, but at least in the beginning, when you're not super feeling stable and safe, keep it clinical. Like go yeah. to a therapist and or a psychotherapist or someone who is like certified or like truly like has a master's degree at the beginning. 
Like, and then there's like, as you, know, you find stability, totally explore. Yeah. <clears throat> but just make sure like all your decks are in a row. <laughs> like, yeah, like, cause it, that's a lot. So no, it's true. And like, I've seen people with major trauma go the like yoga route and it's like, you need a certain level of stability, I think, to explore these like alternative methods, truly. Um, and I can say that from my own like standpoint of like being, I like got PTSD this summer. And um, so that gives you a valuable insight, I guess, to this. But yeah, like those alternative methods of like even like psychedelics and those kinds of things, mm-hmm. like you need a certain level of stability and safety. And I think you can get that from, for me, um, brain spotting was really effective. It's like, I, I don't know if it's a form of EMDR, but it's something that I did with my therapist. That was, um, it's more for more acute stress, like not just like chronic or complex trauma, but like acute stress. Um, and that really helped me kind of process or stabilize um and then from there like emdr was really helpful yeah cool yeah ultimately just start yeah start more clinical and then explore metaphysical and psychedelic realms but i think it's good to like be have a certain level of self-connection when you start to explore those alternative methods because some of them are unethical and you can't even determine that for yourself when you're not having a certain level of safety. Mm-hmm. Totally. So that's why I say that. Yeah. All right. Next. My next question. My partner doesn't align with my beliefs, spirituality and stuff. Is this a red flag? I'm going to go first. Go first. Because at first, um, Curly did not really believe anything I believed, but that isn't a red flag as long as there's no um like there's no making you feel bad for believing what you believe shaming yeah as long as there's no shame involved I think what's important about a relationship and a partnership is the alignment on values so let's say you really feel connected to the universe and your partner believes like nothing exists okay but like do you value like universal love compassion like um, honesty, like whatever your values are, can you find the alignments there versus like, I believe this to be true and they don't because really, really, really smart people in the world all over disagree on what's true. So there's no knowing what's true. There's just like lenses and perspectives we can put on things. And so if people literally go to war for what they believe in, like, let's just keep in mind, like, there's ways, like, nobody knows the truth. So even what you believe, even if it feels so true to you, it's fair and safe and okay that someone else doesn't, as long as we can agree on what we care about, agree on what we value in life, what we want out of life, all those things. And then honestly, when your partner sees you living the way you're living and like how I'm assuming what you believe feels good in your body and then what comes to you when you feel good in your body, people tend to kind of be like, what are you doing? What is that? Like, do you think my whole family was like, oh, you're going to go dance on the beach for a living? And then they like kind of like try it. And then they're like, oh, like, I see why you drank the Kool-Aid. Like, I see like where something connected here. 
And also, I feel like if you're dealing with someone that where you, you believe in the bigness, the vastness of the universe, and um, let's say your partner or whoever doesn't believe in any of that, I feel like there's other ways you can connect. Like, so like, let's say you're really into astrology and like the moon affects the tides and the pools of the water. Like it affects the biggest, most part of our earth, like the ocean, like the moon controls the ocean. And so if that, the moon can do that, it would be silly to assume that the the moon can affect the energy of the planet, like other vibrations that are on the planet, if it can affect the ocean and control the ocean. And so when you kind of word it like that, it's like, well, if we try on that belief that like the moon and the stars and things can literally affect the oceans and control the ocean and how the tides well, maybe, maybe there's a chance that the moon could affect the way we're all feeling. That's kind of my take on it. I think you said that really well, <clears throat> like the, basically the meeting halfway on the values. I don't know. This is a really interesting question because what's coming up for me is watching love is blind and seeing they have a lot of people that are very religious Christians on there. And they are like, I need a Christian wife and I need a Christian husband, a man of God, like whatever the wording is. Whoops. Um, so I think for some people, like if you are like extremely religious or extremely spiritual or whatever your beliefs about your worldview are, and you feel that you need someone to match that then that's your your what do you call it deal breaker right there like you can decide that for yourself I think for myself personally I grew up Christian and then I became very spiritual and now I'm kind of in like no man's land of like I'm just looking for the realistic human experience I believe we're spiritual but um but Oliver, when I met him, he was like more agnostic, like curiously agnostic. And I think for me, the most important thing, um, and we kind of like have like exchanged ideas over the years. And I think now we're kind of similar, like we've like osmosis each other, like into a new uh, middle ground by just like life experience and and conversations but I think the most important thing um this is what I'll say last is curiosity like if you're gonna be with someone who does not believe in what you believe and they're not curious about it and they're just like oh you're wrong or I'm right or whatever or you're the same way towards them and you're not curious about, well, why do you believe this? Like what life experience led you here? Like, like you said about the ocean and the tides, like mm -hmm. if someone doesn't believe in astrology, like they could say, well, why do you believe that? And then you could give that. And then they could say maybe counter question or whatever. But I think like curiosity, you're allowing there to be more than what you know. And it's like curiosity can only exist when you're feeling like grounded and safe. Mm -hmm. So I think curiosity, if you have differing beliefs, as long as there's curiosity going both ways, I think you're chilling. But that's just my totally. advice as a non, I'm not a marital therapist or anything like that. 
I do, but I feel like that with anything and it almost goes back to like the friendship question of like relationship of like if there's not this openness and this like acceptance then I can tell you it's not worth it like if you yeah. have to fight and claw for someone to like take interest in what you're interested in like that just doesn't even seem fun mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't have to like buy in and believe anything you say but it's just that concept of like oh, like I care about you. Therefore I care about what you think. Like I value your input. Like I think your Mm -hmm. opinion's valid. Like if you don't feel like any of those are true, um, then that's just like unfortunate because I can guarantee there are people out there that would be interested in what you're saying, even if they don't believe what you're saying to be true. Mm -hmm. Or like curious at least. At least curious and open. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's your next? Do you have another question? Yeah. Let's see. Okay. Um, this one is, um, says, how do you incorporate the practices you talk about on a practical everyday level? I think that's a really good question. Cause it's like, we both do things that are very conceptual or like, you know, I teach them in workshops and you teach them in 90 minute sessions. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do you incorporate that on a daily Do you want to go first or me to go first? Um, I can go first. Okay. Um, I would probably say like for my practices. Okay. Yes. I'll bring it down to this. I saw something the other day that said, um, the goal isn't to be regulated. The goal is to be connected to self because you can't always know, like you can't always control when you're regulated. Like sometimes things happen, you get a call, you see someone, whatever life happens. Regulated, uh, regulated as in like your nervous systems regulated. Yeah. Your nervous Not system. like the other, yeah. What's the other way? Like, like if someone's like, if you have to be regulated, like in check or something, I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. You're talking about nervous system regulation. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. Yes, yes. Nervous system, like regulated, like feeling grounded, connected, good, all of that. Um, and it's like a biological state of feeling more like they call it ventral vagal and polyvagal theory. So, um, but you can't always control that. And I've noticed with myself, like feelings, little bits of shame when I'm activated, like uh, triggered or whatever. Um, and so instead, like, how can you just create a steady stream of self-connection? Like through your entire day, you can do this like literally whenever. And this is what I try to do is like staying constantly connected to your inner experience and in the sensations in your body. So like right now, as I'm talking, I feel like pretty calm in my body. I'm a little like sparkly around my like chest area, but like, it's normal. Cause we're talking and we're like somewhat in the sympathetic nervous system. Cause we're like having this conversation. Um, and like throughout the entirety of your day, like checking in with yourself and noticing like, how does this experience, this person, this activity feel in my body and my nervous system and instead of trying to regulate yourself constantly just trying to connect to self like just being self-connected so I think that's what I would say is like the most practical way to use the work of of somatic practices is just being self-connected yeah I completely agree on that I also um we have like home pods all across our house and so what I've been doing recently, Wait, what is HomePods? It's like, um, like Alexa or Siri, oh, okay. like the, like they're speakers and we have one like almost in every room. And so <laughs> I will 
if I like, I'm like today I was kind of struggling to get out of bed and I'm trying to make the bed first thing when I wake up, like feet hit the ground. Let's just like make the bed instead of putting it off to like a couple hours later. And, um, I will turn on like some form of like empowering music of like what I need that day. So if it's like more like affirmation based, I'll do that. If it's like Meg the Stallion, like I'll do that. And I crank it. I just crank it and like allow myself to dance and move and make the bed and like not waiting for like the right time to like move my body, like just waking up and like twerking in the mirror. Like it, like it's so easy. Like I don't even need the speakers to, it just like gets me out of bed. Like I'll literally open the music, go to airplay, hit the home pods and shake my ass. And like, that's like a practical, like thing I do that literally every single person could dance in their room every single morning. Like I have always found when I like put a song on one song, doesn't have to be a lot. And I allow my body to shake, to dance, to move, like wiggle, like, and like kind of make eye contact in my, the like in the mirror when I'm doing it, like, and kind of like laugh it. Like, this is so like silly, like finding that silliness always starts my day off better than like zombie walking, making the bed, zombie walking to walk my dog, zombie walking to get the coffee. And then like, okay, now I'm going to post like three TikTok videos. And now I'm just like a, like stuck in my like little like motion. Like when I have lower energy days, it's always because I'm going at one pace. And so the way I take what I do is by changing the pace. And oftentimes it's with music and movement. Um, that's something that since I literally do this for my work, obviously that connects to me more, but it is a good way to like change and break up the pattern. And sometimes when I'm really like low energy or kind of like bleh energy, I realize like I haven't had music on all day or I have just like been only in my own head all day, like no podcast, like nothing external coming in. And when you work from home um, and there's no like coworkers around to chat with, like there's nothing like going on, you can get really stuck in your own oh, yeah, head, your own, not even your, it doesn't even feel like you're stuck just in your like body. Just like lethargic. Just like lethargic and like just doing the busy work to do it versus like doing it because it's going to like get you somewhere and like, it's going to be enjoyable. And so I really find that movement and music. And again, I know I've talked about mirror work, but like even just me, eye contact in the mirror and be like, this is so silly that we're like here existing. Like, look at us, like we're doing it. And, um, it's a great way to break up the day. Anything else on that note? No, I like that though. I do notice for myself when I like dance in my house, I used to do that when I was a kid I would dance in front of the mirror and I remember thinking so vividly I would be like okay Callie once you turn this age you have to stop doing this because I thought it was like embarrassing to do um and then once I was in high school one of my friends was like oh I do that every day she was like I it makes me feel good and I was like oh and so now I yeah I feel like I've been doing that for for a bit just like I guess intuitively, but also like, I think it's fun to dance in front of the mirror and have a like a concert, like a world tour moment. Mm -hmm. You know, totally. I also love putting on socks 
and running as fast as I can and sliding across my hardwood floor. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, I don't have super long, like I don't have a super long way to go, but it is so fun to do. And I'll like, if Curly's going to the bathroom, I'll like open the door and then I'll like run away and then I'll run and slide by and be like, oh, hey. I'm literally trying to go to the bathroom, (laughs) but it's my favorite thing to slide. So if you have hardwood floors and socks, I would recommend finding some time to slide across them because you'll forget like, oh my God, this was like so fun and easy and a reminder of like being young and like a reminder that we're like alive and like that you can do it and like life's too short not to, you know what I mean? Yeah. All right. My next question is do I have to meditate to heal? No. <laughs> I mean, that's an easy one. Um, but I feel like we can both kind of go somewhere with it. Do you want to go first or me to go first? Oh yeah, I'll go first because I'm like that fired me up. Oh, let's go. <laughs> um, absolutely not. You don't have to meditate to heal. But also, most healing is a form of meditation. So there's no escape in it. But I'm thinking ter- they probably asked traditional meditation like om sitting down to do you have to do that to heal absolutely not um but most meditation or most healing modalities are a form of meditation whether it be dancing that's embodiment meditation if it's parts work parts work is like a visualization meditation um emdr has a somewhat meditative quality because you're you know like watching this ball go back and forth so but when it comes to traditional meditation, absolutely not. I actually think on the contrary that meditation can be really activating for people because it's if you're sitting down and noticing your thoughts, um, it can be really overwhelming. Especially, like it's really advanced. That kind of meditation is very advanced practice. Um, so if you're not familiar with your inner world or your embodied experience of just like sitting and breathing it can feel really scary I some of my clients actually get like really triggered by that and we stay away from it like my yoga clients um and also one last note is I'm reading no bad parts by Richard Schwartz right now he's like the creator of IFS and uh, parts work and he was saying that in traditional meditation we oftentimes like when we we see our thoughts as a disturbance or like a nuisance, like, oh, the monkey mind, like, it's so annoying. Like, how can we like rise above it and transcend it, which basically means ignoring them. And what he says in parts work is like these thoughts, like instead of just seeing them as like garbage on repeat, how can we see them as like information and a trailhead to a deeper part of ourselves that's asking for attention? So I have a little tiny little bit of beef with traditional meditation as of late because of this idea of like it's basically bypassing parts that are like hey hey pay attention to me and you're like no 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 you're being so annoying right now I'm gonna transcend above you so I have a lot of thoughts and opinions about traditional meditation but does it have a place in healing and in life absolutely yes but I also think there's like a lot around it Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts Yeah, I've never been a huge traditional meditator. I love breath work. I love other things. Um, I I have like pretty bad like ADHD. And so so like it it does make my heart race to slow down, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, I do believe there's a place for stillness. 
I do believe there's a place for like being comfortable in the silence of yourself. Um, but I also am so like not well-versed in, in stillness meditation. I do a lot of movement meditation, a lot of breath meditation, a lot of visualization meditation where it's a little bit different than just silence. Um, do I think I could benefit from that? I I actually do. Um, do I think I avoid it? 100%. I do. I, my whole life I have avoided it. And my whole life I've been like curious, but um, not like needing to. I've thought about starting it, but again, like it just feels so like, ugh. and so if I ever do start like meditating in that traditional own way, I will update you all. But I have gotten this far without doing it, but I, again, there's so many other meditations. Like I love visualization ones. I love breath work. I love other modalities that, um, do similar things for the body and the nervous system. And I think oftentimes people think if they don't meditate, they're doing something wrong or they're not on the right path or, you know, like there's kind of like some shame around it. I know I have had shame that I don't meditate just like, um, I'm not like a yogi and like people like, (laughs) I think I'd love to be a yogi. Again, it's the slowness and the stillness I struggle with. I'd rather murder my body, like by doing a hit workout or lifting a ton of weight or running a hundred miles. Like, so I know yoga own meditation (laughs) would probably really benefit me. But, um, again, like there's, there's no shame and running is literally my biggest form of meditation. I can get the clearest thoughts. I get my best ideas. Like the, the way people describe the wisdom that comes in when they sit in silence is the wisdom I feel I receive in a run. Um, like I probably stop at least three times to like write down notes of like what I feel is like intuitive guidance or like, oh, I should do that. Oh God, got it. Got it. Got it. And so I think there's no shame. Like, again, we've always talked about shame is like, and so anything you feel shame about a no-go and like whatever works for you works for you. Like there's no recipe to heal. There's no recipe for any of this. Again, like it's all like your interpretation of your experience Um, going back to everything we've talked about today. So however you can interpret it to feel your best Mm -hmm. is what you should do. So if you feel your best sitting in meditation, then maybe that is your path to healing. If you feel your best going for a long run in nature, maybe that's your way of healing, but there's no one way. There's no right way. Um, And what works for one person might not work for you. And so that's like the fun part is you get to try a bunch of new things. And that could either sound exhausting and like, oh, I just want it quick. But like, life's like long. Like we got a lot of time, a lot of time to figure it out. Like, so that that's kind of my thoughts on the meditation to heal vibe. Yeah. And, um, one last thing is that for the running, it actually really makes sense that running, you would get these like strokes of wisdom or whatever you're referring to, because there's bilateral stimulation when you run or walk. So it actually is like super therapeutic for the the brain Mm. um so yeah like whatever you're saying if you if you do vibe with traditional meditation great if you vibe with running great um 
just to get a little technical for a, a moment, because I'm like, I have to put my freaking 500 hour training to use somewhere because God knows it's not teaching classes. Um, So in any kind of meditation you do, there's something called the meditation object. And that is what you are focusing on in that meditation. So if you're running, like your focus might just be the whole experience of running. Or if I'm doing a visualization meditation, maybe I'm visualizing like an orb glowing in my heart then the orb is the meditation object or if I'm doing like whatever it's just what the object that you're focusing your awareness on and it's meant to guide you through the meditation and most people do really well with some kind of like visualization of a meditation object or if it's like more of an embodiment meditation and the meditation object is just the experience of moving um that seems to help people more or be like more accessible for people the traditional meditation of sitting down and observing your thoughts your meditation object is either your breath or your thoughts so you're not working with a lot in terms of like content of the meditation object and so that's why it can sometimes feel really overwhelming Mm. so yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah any last questions I feel like that was what I had for today. How about you? Are you all three? At yours? least what we can get to today. Yes. What we could get to today. Cause I think it's been about an hour. And so we love you guys. We love doing this. Um, if you have Thanks any questions come up after this, you are always welcome. If there's no Q and a box just to DM it. Cause we'll see it. Um, again, I kind of have opted out of using the, so she is podcast Instagram and I'm using Katie Grimes now. So if you go there or DM there, I saw I had a lot of DM requests. Um, shoot it over to Katie Grimes because there's a more of a chance that I'll see it and engage with it and it won't be three weeks later. So Katie Grimes on Instagram at so we are underscore silent disco on Instagram. And I'll let Callie remind you of her Instagram. Yeah. So same thing with me, the Your Own Medicine podcast Instagram page I'm not really using anymore. It's just too many accounts to deal with. So um, everything will now be on the Cali Clue Yoga account on um, Instagram, on TikTok. And yeah, you can always, yeah, send me or Katie a DM if you have any other questions. Maybe we'll do this like Q&A episode once every three or four weeks. Yeah, I a love little that. like potpourri. Okay. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at so she is underscore podcast to let us know your takeaways. If you could leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts to help us build, grow, and expand this to anyone it needs to reach. I am so grateful for you listening and giving me your time and energy. I can't wait to see you in the next episode. I love you. Bye.